MailChimp presents. Have you ever heard of the dreaded customer? You know, it's when marketers throw their customers into one big messy group, failing to define them by their different needs or habits. It can show up when coupon codes meant for new customers are sent out to everyone, even return customers who can't use the discount. Basically, it's a mess. If you're a marketer, Intuit MailChimp can help you personalize your marketing campaigns so that you meet customers' individual needs instead of missing them. Turn customers into customers by personalizing emails and SMS based on real-time behavior data. Intuit MailChimp, the number one email marketing and automations brand. Based on competitor brands' publicly available data on worldwide numbers of customers in 2021 and 2022. SMS is available as an add-on to U.S. paid plans only. Visit MailChimp.com for details. The Jump is a podcast where I, Shirley Ann Manson, sit down with musicians and talk about the one song that changed everything. In the interest of full disclosure, I have to confess I was extremely nervous about the prospect of sitting down opposite Matt Berninger from The National. Having been a fan of his beautiful, low, mysterious voice for years, I somehow imagined that he was going to be incredibly introverted and quiet. And I always get nervous around quiet people, but they actually the truth was that he was the opposite of that. He was very talkative, isn't in the least bit difficult to have a conversation with. It was actually very easy and joyful and fascinating. And uh, we talked about the delicate nature of ever-changing relationships within a band, which is, of course, one of my favourite topics, and what it meant to him to still be here years later in a most beloved band like The National. This is Matt Berninger. How old were you when you started your first band? Your very, very Not first. Not until college, senior year. And is this with Nancy? Or this is called yeah. Nancy. Yeah, the name is after my mom. I mean, yeah, it was weird. I couldn't play anything or do anything, and I still they still let me name the band after my mom. But it was, it was just some friends. Just you know, wanted to make make some rock songs if they could, and 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 we managed to make a few in college and I, and I never never let go of that, of that. that was the, the greatest thing I ever did that, that making that little record um, and we, we pressed a record I remember we were all big I was a big Guide by Voices fan and Pavement fan I remember they said something like you're not really a band unless you you make a record and play live you know you have to do both to really call yourself a band you can't just play a you know a couple of shows or, or put out you know a, a some 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 songs on a thing and never play live. You kind of have to do both. So that was we made sure we did that, and 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 then we all left and we went we went our separate ways. And then some of us ended up in New York, and other people ended up at other places. But it was it proved to me that I could, you mm-hmm. know, that like you could just 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 do it. And so years later, when when um, I was in Brooklyn and then just getting antsy. And so that's when we got the national started. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and your first record yeah. came out in 2001, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which yeah. is an interesting time, I think, in the history of alt music. Yeah. You all came out together, right? The Strokes and White Stripes. Well, and- we were practicing. We were trying to be a band at the time. Seeing Interpol and the Strokes and, and Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs and TV on the radio and all these bands that were practicing near us and, and we're going to see, and they're all so much better than us. Um, 
it, right right around then. Um, but but then seeing seeing those bands made yeah. us realize that like we weren't gonna we weren't gonna get anywhere unless we got good and and it got a lot better. And it took us a while. There was a time where we're especially right after. Um, the Strokes and a few of those records and Interpol stuff, where there was just such a fr- feeding frenzy on New York bands, and and we definitely benefited for that. We we toured Europe just simply on the fact that we were from Brooklyn. We didn't tell sure. everybody that we were barely from Brooklyn. We were really from Cincinnati, but we got we got booked all over little. Well, it was this thing, right? Oh, it was yeah. a scene, which is the kind yeah. of the last one that I can remember really. Yeah. Um, yeah. Of, of, in recent times. Yeah, I'm grateful for it. Yeah. So you've had, I mean, you really have had a rather blessed career thus far, you know? It seems, from the outside anyway, as, as someone just I looking at I feel like, I, I mean, if I, I'm, I, I'm, you know, I, I definitely feel uh, touched or, or, or karma has been has been good to me. So on this, on this particular podcast, mm-hmm. we talk about a moment in every creative's, you know, career or their life or... Or, or their journey, or whatever you, whatever word you want to associate with this moment that I think any creative can relate to, which is when something happens in the creative process that really changes the way you then move forward. And um, mm-hmm. you've picked uh-huh. Fake Empire. I feel like like we were we had gotten some attention for Alligator, and most of the attention was for the songs that were sort of the screaming songs, and and and. And that was what what got us close to being like, oh, maybe these this band is one of those sort of like tough punk New Yorky attitude things, and and that was Alligator. But I I felt that that was a, that was already a box that was was maybe getting uh, old. I think that the elements that came together on Boxer were the fact we were just everybody leaned into, well, what are you good at? What are you good like? What am I good at? And and I wasn't a good singer, but I'm I I was starting to really become a good writer, and so I I was mostly just trying to really focus on the writing. And so Boxer has all these sort of we're bringing in horns and and we're bringing in a lot more strings and th- those kind of textures and and not to not necessarily to gussy it up, but to, to create a, a a a bed of 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 a comfortable sonic bed i think mostly those guys were just trying to create something comfortable for me to sing in because i'm not a comfortable singer you know and something unique i mean we're now we're trying to avoid sounding like that that what we you know yourselves when we, when we finally figured <laughs> out how to sound sound genuine or like we're not trying to wear someone else's clothes um that's when it got really exciting. That's also when we 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 were fighting more than anything. Like boxer at this, at this yeah. point in your life. Yeah, and and it's so funny. I listened to it, and I, I'm trying to remember what all the things we were fighting about so much. And I think it was we were all so terrified of having to go back to normal jobs, and and we knew that this was this was going to be our fourth record. Right, this was the second record on a real label, and it was like our kind of our fourth. And it was like if we don't plant some kind of flag. You know, at this point, that's that has a light on top of it that everybody that that's different from the other flags around it. It's just no one's Do gonna. We're gonna be lost. Stay out super late tonight, picking apples, making pies. Put a little something in our lemonade and take it with us. We're half awake in a fake empire. We're half awake. 
I was also starting to write better. I was, I, I, my wife who's a fiction editor and a poet, and and she was at the New Yorker for so like, you know, I was trying to impress her. You know, she was, she's. Were you dating at this point? Yeah, we were, we were, we were, we were really together. Uh, Boxer was the first record that. Um, she really was there for and like and I was like running all my lyrics by her so with Fake Empire can you remember where you were when you wrote it Um, and how does that process work I think that piano there's just the little piano the the little piano rhythm are you at home was there yeah I think I I was I mean we were I was writing really slow at that time I write really fast now but back then like any any line that I was a friend of mine, I've always described it this way. Friend Sam Sheridan described writing because he, someone else described it as like, you know, squeezing drops of blood from your forehead to try to get a, a line you like. Do they present you with some music and you go home and you? Yeah, I mean that that's how that's how almost and 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 I'm sure that's kind of what it was like at this point too. And is it still like that? Now, now it's it's those guys just send me little sketches. Sometimes a little bit of guitar, a little bit of piano. Sometimes it's a more fleshed out thing. But you write separately from the band. Yeah, interesting. And, and I, I, I just put in GarageBand and and listen, and they'll send me ten things, and I, and I'll throw them in really fast, and and um and and sing along just without. I'll just throw it into a GarageBand thing and just start singing along, mumbling, mumbling nonsense. And and if it feels like it's if it feels like it's I don't worry about like what a song's going to be about. I just feel like, oh, I'm emotionally, I'm emo- that, that's that's emotionally magnetic. Now, did you have a title yeah. for this, or because Fake Empires is a fantastic title, like right off the bat, you know, I heard that this was the song you picked. I'm immediately intrigued. So, did that come first, or how did I think how did so? It- actually, I think, I think I actually um, the idea of just the, the word Fake Empire, half awake in a Fake Empire, I think was the phrase that was was like a lot of times it's just like you'll just come up with a phrase you like or even a title and the rest the rest just sort of is the seed and the rest you don't even know what kind of what kind of plant it's going to be but but a little phrase or a word uh, uh, becomes the thing that, that becomes a garden and you know um, eventually and you just like let it go tiptoe through our shiny city with our diamond slippers on do our gay ballet nights Bluebirds on our shoulders We're half awake In a fake empire We're half awake In a fake empire Once we gave up ever when, Once we realized that we weren't going to be able to be We weren't going to be those New York bands Um which is okay because we wanted to be different bands before those bands anyway. You know, it was like there, it was it was a moment where like okay, that whole game is is over or something, and and we're kind of we were kind of glad that we didn't we didn't get too attached to it, and so we we still had some places some places to pivot to, and so Boxer was a big pivot, but it was really we didn't we knew we were pivoting, but we didn't know if it was if we were pivoting off a cliff, <laughs> you know, or into something that was going to be good. I remember feeling really, 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 really excited by it and, and really positive. By this particular by, song? Well, by this song. Yeah, this song, Fake Empire, also, I just the reason why I chose this as the song is because there's so many elements in it that uh, it's just Brian's drumming, you know, it might be the most important thing in the whole song. It's and, a strange time signature, correct? Yeah, and then the polyrhythms that are going in and, 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 and then... Then Padma Newsom, who who was 
Bryce and Padma were in clogs together. He was a big part of the band for for 10 years at that time, and he really stepped up, and he wrote the fanfare, the horn fanfare. At at the the end of the song. At the end of the song, right. So suddenly there were these things that were not, rock and roll things and and that, what sorry to interrupt mm-hmm. but what at what point in the album did you write this song like was it uh, the beginning the end boy, the middle I think it was that's a really good question I don't really remember I, I, it was central to it it must have been towards the beginning okay. um it must have been towards the beginning um and sorry uh, I interrupted you yeah. though you were saying about how this suddenly was you were utilizing songs sounds that were not typical we, we were just doing we were like like I said everybody was kind of sinking into their comfort zones and 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 just just staying there and then everyone was figuring out how to like how to like slide up to each other and but but staying in your comfort zone you know what I'm saying and yes. so I think that fanfare it was such an explosion it was a musical the colors of the sonic t- palette suddenly blew open for us with that and I feel like that fanfare made us like the rest of the record we went for things and Sufjan is a big part of that record and the song Ada and his piano playing on Ada um, was really really uh, incredible just it was it was pushed us beyond um, he very much I think pushed us beyond our our capabilities a little bit Sufjan was around a lot. I, th- I think I was trying to impress my wife. I think Aaron and Bryce. I were love trying, that. <laughs> Aaron and Bryce were trying to impress uh, Sufjan, you know, at the time, and I would get on the phone with my wife complaining about all them. And at the, but but and so we were. It was constant. It was a lot of conflict. But we were in this house together. That was when you were recording. Yeah, this was in Bridgeport, Connecticut. And where we were, like that's in Peter Cadis' studio, and he has a Victorian house and a pretty. Not not a fun neighborhood. It's not like you would you would just almost never leave, and that we never did. Um, Interpol recorded there, and there was one bar a few a few miles away that they would go to. We never even went to that bar. We it was always we were always we were recording in the, the winter, and it was it was kind of we were just camped out in this Victorian house, and um, it was. Um, it was kind of, I won't say depressing. Um, it was, but it was, it was, it was a intense and dark. And obviously, there was a lot of pressure on the band, like yeah. you said, like you spoke of. Yeah, yeah, and so it just. It was a very heightened emotional uh, intense period for all of us personally. I mean, politically, New York, all this kind of stuff. And, and, and it did feel like it was either the, the new beginning or definitely the end of the band. You know, you talk about, and I really identify with all these things that you're saying about your self-doubt and your self-loathing and, and, and your insecurities and your concerns, blah, blah, blah. Has that changed at all with all the success that you've enjoyed? I've learned that uh, I definitely um, have let go of, of so much of the anxiety of, of humiliating myself, right? And, and I've embraced – when I say humiliating yourself, it's to stand up on stage and, and to sing with lights on you is, um, is, is a ridiculous sort of thing. And I think that's why 
for 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 a monkey to say, "Hey, look at me. Here's my here are my feelings, and my friends are we're all going to get together and make music, and so we can express our feelings." And you do that on stage in front of total strangers, is a strange, strange thing. And and I think people love rock and roll music so much because they desperately everybody wants to be heard and 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 listened to and seen as their own weird self and to be loved for the for the for not the package that they present themselves as actually of really what's inside. Like when you see Mick Jagger dancing around and, and, you know, he choreographs all those crazy dances, you know, the chicken dances. I mean, he practices that stuff. And I don't think he's looking at that stuff thinking, I look hot or I look sexy when I do this. He's just, he knows he's, he's gone all the way over to the point where he's like, I'm free. He's just, you see a free person just act, dancing like a chicken. And he knows that he's the sexiest creature on the planet at that moment, you know? Looking like, you know, you know wearing a football outfit with no pads and, 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 you know, doing the chicken dance. So it's a, it's a, I think just people are desperate. Everyone's desperate to, 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 sing just scream their insecurities and fears out loud with music behind it because it's so cathartic sometimes 20,000 people singing all those words and crying and laughing getting drunk and throwing glasses screaming them in the face screaming them back at me you know I get people spit in my mouth because they're singing my own words it's I can't describe how how euphoric and, and amazing it is I don't think of rock and roll as so much as, as a genre that's like waning or waxing or coming back. Or it's it's a it's a real. It's, I really think of it as a, as a as a really continuous sort of fabric of threads of ideas. If you don't break apart your ideas of who you are or what your band is, um, it'll it won't it won't last very long. You know, it's like it's you, it, everything has to evolve. Every relationship, like. My wife and I have been married for 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 twelve years or and and um, or thirteen years, and it's it's like, you know, our marriage is different every year, you know, a little bit. And my relationship with my daughter is different every year, and my relationship with my band is different every year. And if you try to like, say this is the way we act, this is the this is the way that this is, these are the rules of this group, everybody's gonna leave, you know. Not Beringer, thank you so much. The Jump is an original series from MailChimp, and I'm your host, Shirley Manson. It's produced by Lyra Smith in partnership with Little Everywhere. Executive produced by Dan Gallucci, Jane Marie, and Rushikesh Hirway. Original music composed by Rushikesh Hirway. 